you have a financial plan for your company for 2022? Well, on this week's show, you're going to find out how to make it and why it's important that you have it. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, as always, Weldon Long. And with me once again, this week in the studio, the legendary icon, Mr. Gary Alex, G-Man, welcome back to Colorado Springs. Good to see you, buddy. You went home, you came back this week, we wore the same clothes. It's exactly right? the same Consistency outfit. is the key. So <laughs> anyway, this week we're going to talk about uh, a little more about the boot camp that you conduct each and every year at the end of the year. Last week we talked about the operational company-wide plan. If you didn't see that, go back and talk about that. This week we're going to talk about the importance of a strategic financial plan. So, G-Man, just talk to us about the importance of having a financial plan. Then we'll get into exactly what that is and then exactly what we can learn and be prepared for before the actual boot camp. Yeah, so, Wally, I think time and wealth freedom is what a lot of contractors are interested in. So how do we get that? And the answer is, well, we have to set up the architecture of the business so that the business is working for us. We're not necessarily working for the business. Um, that's easier said than done, of course. So. Part of what we want to do is we want to have a budget and a financial plan that establishes sort of the guidelines for how much profit do we need to make and how do we grow the business in a way that, hey, if I need to hire somebody like a service manager and that's a, that's a position, I've got to be able to afford that position. I can't just wing it. Right. I can't just wing it, but I'm probably not going to be happy <laughs> about the end. Right. So the goal of the financial plan is to look at the overall company and look at what you can spend, how you want to grow, and really start putting in what we call departmentalization, which is fundamentally breaking down every single business segment uh, and looking at it as if it was its own company, its own income statement. And by creating that accountability and that uh, visibility, what I call transparency, um, you can make better decisions. And yeah. so the financial plan is about making good decisions, making better decisions, and really just getting a game plan together to make the profit that you deserve, which is really 20% EBIT. Right. So if we're not at 20%, we want to be talking about how do we get there. You know, it, it's interesting because I know uh, it wasn't at the boot camp, but you specifically had a conversation with me and my accountant uh, a year or so ago mm -hmm. about the proper way to do departmentalization. And I got to tell you, folks, the amount of transparency and really good information that we got from that. We actually cut an entire division of our company based on that departmentalization because when we started looking at that particular department and its own revenue, its own gross margin, it had you know to be responsible for a certain percentage of overhead. When we started doing the numbers, like it was not carrying its own weight. And it was a lot of work. It created a lot of just uh, uh, issues at work with customers and different things. And it was doing nothing but dragging us down. So we cut the entire division. We reallocated those people to other departments and it just worked out so much better. So I, I just, I, I can't encourage people enough to make sure and understand to attend that boot camp, but for no other reason to understand why that departmentalization is so important. Of course, you teach us how to do it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and set up our, our QuickBooks or whatever, you know, we're using to, to manage our, our finances uh, within our company. Super important. Here's another thing I think is really uh, important to understand. When you start talking about budgeting, right? People like, I know that I used to, I'm not a financial guy. G-Man's a financial guy. I'm a sales marketing mindset guy, whatever you want to call me, right? I wrote a book on mindset, but I'm not a financial guy. I had to learn how to understand these numbers understand how to calculate them, understand what they mean. And when Gary starts talking about a budget, I remember my initial reaction years ago when I first heard people talking about setting a budget, like, how much do I know I'm going to do next year? Like, how do you figure out how much you're going to do in 22, right? So what I want to talk to you about, Gary, is how do we go about this process of estimating and projecting, like, how do we know how much we're going to do in 22? How do you get those numbers so you can build a, a financial framework and budget from those numbers. Why do you think we drink so much bourbon? 
<laughs> to so, make the class more fun? Yeah, no, I, that's a great question. You know, there's uh, a lot of different ways that people can attack that problem. But historically is what we, we start with is, hey, what did we do? Like, what, what's our finish going to be? So I'm just going to make up a number. If I'm going to finish at $5 million this year, um, we're going to start with, all right, uh, what will the opportunity grant us? What does the market look like? Can we grow 20%? We go backwards on that and then ask the question, do I have the capacity? Like, can my men, do I have enough trucks? You know, so we always start with the idea was what, what productivity increase can we get in the business to get us to a growth target? Is that enough to get us to 20%? Sometimes it's not. So we have to ask the question, maybe we should grow 15. Other companies, hey, they want to grow 50%. That's fine. So a million-dollar company that grows 50% to 1.5 million is a little easier than a $50 million company right. growing to 75 million. So right. some of that depends a little bit on where you are in your life cycle as a business. But we always start with history. We always look at the market potential. And then we always look at the assets that's in the company or in the company. And then we start asking those questions about what's the smartest approach. Uh, the last thing I would comment on is that, you know, you just you, profitability is what is is really what we're after. Uh, revenue is a very shiny object and I love revenue too. Right. OK, but at the end of the day, you don't cash revenue at the bank. You know, it's profitability. So we're looking at the mix too, Wally. So it isn't just growth of 20 percent. It's where do we want to grow? You mentioned that you looked at a particular division and weren't happy with the results. So you made the decision to make a change. Right. That could be a different decision. For example, in 2006, a company that I bought and owned, we were, we were not performing well in the service business, but it wasn't because we were priced wrong or we had a bad GP or, you know, per hour. We just didn't have enough revenue. So we, we were negative in the EBIT column. And our problem was at $600,000 of service revenue, we needed that to be about 850 minimum to break even. And we really targeted a million dollars. So within the framework of the company, we're going to break down growth goals. So the overall company might be a growth of 20%, but service might be a 40% growth. Residential changeout might be 20% growth. So you're going to have different segments with right. different growth targets. So it's not just the top line on the budget. It's all the little details underneath. And that, by the way, is what we call the what-if tool. So we introduced that software in this workshop. The what-if tool is when you're done, if you don't like the end result at the bottom, you can go back to the what if and you can start changing some of the revenue numbers and it will automatically adjust the budget for you Beautiful. before you're spending any resources or time. So the goal is to get in a really good position that you're driving the company's resources towards the profit target. So basically, we're going to stop and look at where you are in 2020 and 2021, mm -hmm. make a reasonable estimate of, OK, I can grow 10%, mm -hmm. and that's going to give me the target number for the year. And then you're going to work back from there. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I know that you are not only an expert in, uh, but one of the things that everybody will learn at the boot camp are the key performance indicators, the KPIs. And when you talk about this you know, goal of 20% net income, you know, that means we have to have a certain number or certain targets we have to hit with respect to gross margin, overhead, you know, what percentage of our revenue goes to equipment, labor, blah, 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 right? How detailed will you get in the training? If I'm a contractor, and I am, and I come there, which we will be there, uh, our general manager and his wife will be there, like how specific are you going to be able to tell us, okay, you should be spending between this and this much on equipment, mm -hmm. this much and this much on labor, this and this much on marketing. How specific will you be able to help us get? Yeah, we're very specific. Um, the good news is, is that there's a million ways to you know, win. Uh, you, there's no one right way to do it. But the KPIs give us a roadmap. And that's what you talked about, yeah. about going to Miami. So our goal is to look at the KPIs and look at your company and do what we call a benchmarking exercise. It's a comparison. It's one of the things we do in day one. So I can look at your business and I can look at the KPIs and we can make some decisions about 
hey, these are performing really well. You know, let's go over here and worry about the things where we can we need to tune up. Labor management's a great example. A lot of service companies, their their labor management is out of whack. Uh, and we all know that that's a problem during the slow season. During the busy season, the guys are working like crazy and they're billing like crazy. So how do we deal with all those kinds of problems? Well, the KPIs highlight that kind of stuff so that we can start asking those questions, Wally. And then, you know, what we're really after is, is distilling that information into an action plan. You always talk about intentional, you know, intentional purpose. And so what we're interested in is once the KPIs give us the insights, it's all right, now what do we do and how do we affect change? So the, the goal leaving that financial workshop is to have a really good plan around where you want to price, how you want to produce gross profit dollars, um, each business segment, what the KPIs are, and then even to the degree of compensation. So I, mm-hmm. might, I might reward you with some bonuses, Wally, uh, given the idea that if I can get your productivity up or if, if, you, if we can sell more service agreements, club agreements, I might set some targets for you that are tied back to compensation. So uh, the financial plan leaks into the operations and the human resource plan. So gotcha. they're all connected. And one of the things I'm sure that you'll get into, and I haven't actually been to the boot camp, I've kind of gotten bits and pieces of it from you over the years, uh, but I'm looking forward to getting our team there for the comprehensive three-day event. Uh, when, when we talk about, for example, I'm going to make easy, easy numbers. Let's say my company projects we're going to do $12 million next year. You don't just like arbitrarily say, okay, you're going to do a million each month. I mean, you adjust that mm-hmm. for the, the slow months and, 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 and the busy months, right? Mm-hmm. So it might be half a million one month. It might be a million and a half another month, whatever the case may be. But you help us work all that out, right? And make those adjustments for seasonality. And then folks, we're talking about then having a roadmap, right? One of the things you have to do is constantly manage the numbers, manage the business. You can look at it on a weekly basis. When Gary gives you, or you're going to create the plan, but Gary's going to guide you through creating the plan. But when you have this plan, you can look at the seventh week of the month or the seventh week of the year. And if you're going to know if you're behind or if you're ahead of the schedule based on the plan that you made. And if you're behind, you got to crank up the marketing. You got to do something, you know, to catch up. If you're ahead, you know that you're ahead. So it gives you a roadmap to follow. It takes so much of the uncertainty out of it. You just follow the plan every single week of the year and you're going to get where you need to be at the end of the year. So, uh, G-Man, just comment on that on the on the kind of the the, the allocation of revenue based on the seasonality and how, how powerful it is to have that plan to manage the year. Yeah, the, the budget software that we have, um, we're going to look at seasonality. We're going to ask you, you know, HVAC-wise in Colorado Springs, what percentage do you sell in January and each month through all the way through December? And when you do that for service, maintenance, plumbing, electrical, et cetera, et cetera, um, you get a total revenue and a total gross profit target. But each one of those departments basically has seasonality curves. So what we're interested in is break even. I mean, we want to not lose money in any given month. And so that goes all the way into next week's show, which is, hey, if I, if I need to generate promotions, I need to generate leads, what do I do? So the financial plan is designed to basically tell us this roadmap that you talked about. What kind of things do I need to do down the down cycle through the marketing plan? Um, and you know, the break even stuff is pretty simple. Uh, the software calculates it for you. All you really have to do is punch in the numbers and we've written the code and the program to pretty much get it all done. Um, The only other thing I would add is that we're interested in conversion numbers too. So average tickets, um, conversion rates vary by seasonality um, and they even vary based on the type of marketed lead. So in my company this past year, we were closing 72% of our service generated leads, which, you know, is probably a little lower than we would have liked, but our prices were probably a little higher this year. 
uh, and we were closing 18% of our marketed leads. This mm. is during our shoulder season. I'm not talking about peak. Right. So we're talking about January, February, March in the desert. And so when you look at that particular number, you'd say, well, 72 is pretty good. It's, 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 it's acceptable. It's not great, but it's acceptable. And 18 is absolutely tragic. So I mean, right. you know, for us, it was like, well, holy cow, you know, we obviously need to double down on some training, which we did. So you know, the promotions and all those types of things then apply based on that seasonality and those numbers. So we're going to drill into all those metrics, Wally, and uh, each company is unique and different. Every single person that comes to that workshop is uh, comes out with a different plan at, by design, uh, and we're, it's not a public event. We're not sharing numbers, so sometimes people ask that question; right. they get a little nervous about it. You're not putting your numbers up in front and sharing. Um, uh, Drew, myself, uh, are always there, and we walk around and we're doing private consultations with people and teams and so forth. So, um, so it's a working environment. The financial plan is a working environment. We give two, three hours in class where we're there to support you, where you're putting in the information and we're, and we're getting answers to questions that are relevant to your individual company. And I think that's the power of that workshop is yeah. it's, you, you, we could teach a thousand people in a, in a class, but we can only teach about 50 companies in a workshop and truly touch each one of you. And so that's one of the reasons why you want to sign up. It's a limited group. And I want to comment from the contractor perspective on uh, the sensitive nature of your financial information. Uh, a, a year or so ago, Gary helped uh, my company, as I mentioned, get organized financially uh, through departmentalization. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little embarrassed. I mean, to go to Gary Alex, of all people, and to kind of bury your financial soul and say, here's our, here's our screwed up financials right now. And I could just tell you, it's handled in such a dignified, respectful, helpful way. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I've been in this business for 20 years, and I was doing things wrong with respect to our financial accounting. Right, So we have to, number one, we have to subordinate our ego a little bit and say, hey, I don't know everything, but I can promise you this. Drew Cameron, Gary Ellix, it's going to be handled with dignity and respect and always with a helpful spirit. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Nobody else is going to see it. And it's just, it's just, it's a great experience. That's all I can tell you. Last thing, G-Man, I want to, I want to comment or have you comment on is the pre-work, right? Because mm -hmm. you like, you got to bring some stuff with you to this event, right? This is your actual numbers. We're not mm -hmm. just giving you theoretical models and you go home and try to figure it out. Like you gotta bring some stuff, you gotta do some pre-work. Talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, we'd like to have people come prepared, but uh, that doesn't always happen, so that's okay. If you don't come prepared, um, we'll figure it out through the KPIs. But what we do is we send out a, a pre-work notice, which basically says you know, your historical P&Ls, your historical balance sheet, uh, any information on uh, sales, average tickets, service average tickets, closure rates, it, you know, as much as you can prepare based on the list that we give. Uh, so we're always interested in things like productivity and efficiency. So those are numbers that can come out of Service Titan or Successware or Aptura. Um, so we've got a broad range, Wally. We've got companies that are exceptionally well prepared. We've got most of the companies on the normal distribution curve that are kind of prepared, but they don't have all, <laughs> all the stuff. And then we always have a few companies that say, I never saw that email. I have no idea what you're talking about. What do I do now? We were just going to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah, we're going to SeaWorld, man. Let's go. <laughs> right. We're Shamu. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're doing three of these this fall and yeah. early winter. Uh, three cities, Orlando. Yeah, we're doing uh, San Antonio first. Uh, Anaheim uh, is second. And uh, SeaWorld Orlando is third. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, EGI website has those uh, uh, listed. So. Yeah, so if you want to see Shamu, you want to see Mickey Mouse, Go to either coast. If you want to get some work done, 
Of course, there might be some partying on the Riverwalk. I don't know, but San Antonio is a great city. They're all three great cities. Yeah. So uh, you yep. can't go wrong with either city. Yep. But get on the EGI calendar. Look at the calendar of upcoming events. You'll see that. Get registered. These sell out typically pretty quickly. I think there's 50 seats or so available in each one. Yeah. And 50, I, yeah. We, we try to keep it to about 50 companies. It depends yeah. on which state we're in. Yeah. Uh, some of the states have different guidelines and rules based yeah. on COVID and so forth. But yeah, yeah, we try to keep it around 50. Yeah. You got you to gotta get their final thoughts on the importance of financial planning and budgeting for 2022. Well, I just, uh, you know, the whole company planning, financial planning, marketing planning is all about getting time and wealth freedom. So yep. if you're serious about your company and you're serious about growth, I'll, I'll add one more caveat. Um, so there's obviously a lot of private equity companies that are out there running around buying mm -hmm. companies. And uh, I've sold a couple of mine and uh, bought a couple more. And so that's happening. So A, we're going to compete against those sophisticated businesses. And B, you might be in a position at some point that you may want to take care of that uh, on a succession plan. So that's worth talking about in terms of creating structure. I can tell you that the people that came in once we sold, they looked at our business and said, this is the best structure we've ever seen. That's what they're they're like, we, we'd like to take this and export this to some of our other assets. And we're like, of course. So, but th that's the kind of thing that you want to hear. And by the way, they will pay you more money right. for those kinds of disciplines. Right. You're going to get a great, more, a great multiple, a better multiple exactly. than a company that's disorganized and, you know, just doesn't have that kind of budget. So great stuff. G-Man, as always, great appreciate you, it. Wally. Yep, Listen, you. next week, we're going to have Gary back. We're going to be talking about the marketing planning for 2022. So we talked about the company-wide stuff last week. This week, we talked about the financial planning. Next week, the marketing planning. You got to make sure, watch last week. I hope you watch this week. If you're hearing this, you're probably watching this week. Be sure and join next week for the marketing planning. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.